Hello, everyone. This is going to be a code opening just because I wanted to have a one-on-one with you guys before we get into the episode. First off, I want to open up with the good news for today, which is a seven-year-old boy saved a choking classmate with moves that he learned from TV medical drama, The Good Doctor. I found that freaking amazing. Let's just talk about it for a second. Um, I haven't watched The Good Doctor myself, but I, I watched a few episodes because my aunt is a really big fan of it. I really need to get into it myself. It's just, I have a trouble with those doctor movies especially like i don't know they kind of stress me out with like all the saving people and people dying in the hospital i'm like oh i don't know but i know the good doctor is really good i know it has um the main character has to do with someone who has autism and i just thought that was a freaking amazing story to open up with like this is something that actually happened i got this from um What's the name of this news channel? News Today? Today.com? Something like that. <laughs> Let me be honest with y'all. But like, I saw this and I said, okay, that's freaking amazing. So yeah, that's your good news for today. Um, I want to say that like, for the good news segment... I, my goal is for me to get good news from you guys, okay? So I have a Discord. Um, wherever you found this podcast, you more than likely, it more than likely was in like a link tree or something, right? So if you scroll to the bottom of the link tree, you'll see my Discord link. And I want you to click on it and I want you to join the Discord. And I want you to share any good news that is happening with you, whether it be like, I just woke up today. And you know what? I'll shout you out like... What's the name said? They woke up today and I'm freaking happy for them and it's wonderful. Or like if you won the lottery, please share with me. A girl is broke, but it's fine. But like, you know, like say, we don't have to talk about like you win the lottery because not everybody need to know your business. But like, you know, share like something that's good that happened to you. I would love to hear it and I would love to share it with other people because, you know, it's so easy to dwell on all the negative things that's happening in our lives, you know, I'm like, no, like, there's some good things, too. We woke up. That's pretty awesome. Um, watched your favorite TV show. Your favorite TV show got renewed. Uh, you listened to some bomb music. You found a new bomb band. Like, I don't know. Tell me. Tell me something that's good that's happening with you. Uh, and, yeah. I think that is it. We're going to get into the show. I really hope you guys enjoy. I really enjoyed it when I was listening back to it. And, um, yeah. Enjoy for you guys. Much love. Hello everyone, welcome back to Black With No Tact. I am so glad that you have decided to listen today. So uh, we have a very interesting podcast today that I'm really excited about. Uh, It's one of my bestest friends in the whole wide world, Deontay, who is going to be talking with me about developmental psychology, which is basically happened to us as we grew up and how it affects us now and like just like going through all those stages so Deontay is one of my closest friends we met in college at the University of Montebello I do not go there anymore GG's to that uh, she left us <laughs> pickle GG's <laughs> before we get into the topic Deontay what's your major uh, I'm currently a psychology major that's wonderful. And I am a psychology minor, so you know more than me, and I'm really excited to talk about it. <laughs> you do. It's fine. Uh, so what made you uh, want to be a psychology mi- I mean, a psychology major on the minor? Uh, really, I just, I love helping people. I love um, listening to people and trying to help people figure out what is best, the best way to go about what they need to do next. Um, and yeah. I felt like therapy could help me do that. And I, like I said, I love helping people. Facts. And we all need therapy. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, we do. So in your own words, how would you describe developmental psychology? I would describe developmental psychology as the it's pretty much self explanatory the name explains yeah. it basically. Yeah. Um, just how we just, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We're gonna get into the topic of developmental psychology. I want y'all to bear with me. This is my first time having a guest. I'm gonna be completely honest with y'all. I don't know what I'm doing, but I kinda know what I'm doing. We're gonna see what happens. Yay, go team. So Developmental psychology, as we know, it's really a broad topic um, in Deontay and I, we're just going to be skimming the very brim of the subject. Okay, so this is a disclaimer. We are not certified specialists. We do not have our degrees. We're just students who took a class about developmental psychology and we want to talk about it. That's it. Okay, so like, if we if we like if something if we say something wrong, which I highly doubt we will, but like you know, we're we're still learning, we're still in school, uh, but it's just an interesting topic to talk about. So yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but this is just we're going to be giving our hot takes on it, uh, how it affects you, how to, how it affects us, and hopefully it'll make you think about your childhood a little bit more. Which I mean, it's a hard thing to do, but a lot of the time that's like where we find all of our deep, deep problems just kind of buried in there in our childhood. And um, hopefully once you uh, listen to this, you'll be like, wow, therapy is a wonderful thing. Let me go try that out. Because, <laughs> yeah, I feel like everyone needs to go into therapy, like actually go see a therapist. But that's a conversation for another day. So the person that came up with the stages of developmental psychology was Eric Erickson, right? And um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he uh, himself was a developmental psychologist, which is really helpful. And I'm just going to dive into the first stage, which is um, the uh, initial stage of trust versus mistrust. And that's kind of when we start to find a sense of who our caregivers are and such. And this is usually around infancy. So like, um, like me, if you have a baby, like uh, they'll kind of recognize who their parents are after a while. Like, you know, if you give them to a stranger, they'll be like, huh, what the frick are you doing? Let's not do this. And um, I think when I first started like thinking about it and re- uh, reading about it in the class, I found it interesting. I was like, I knew like if I could trust people as an infant, that's kind of wild to me. What do you think? Uh-huh. I mean, it's very, it's, it is very weird. It's very uh it's it's trippy. I, yeah. I, it's very trippy. Yeah, it's just like our it. brain could process stuff like that. Like, because like when you see a baby, you're just like, this is just yeah. like a little little cute ball of skin. Like, what? Like, there's nothing going on in there, not yet, but there's actually a lot going on in there, which I never really thought about. Yeah, it, it brings a lot to the um, it to the talk about um nature versus nurture, and in developmental mm-hmm. psychology and in psychology in general. Yeah, that is a big conversation and this is where that come well this is a part of that in the fact that like it's like how 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 is that possible you think that would be something you got to right. learn or not something that's that natural but it's apparently downbred within you you know right and apparently like when we're dealing with kids like as adults like either even if we're parents or teachers or stuff like uh daycare teachers especially who have to deal with infants um it's like you are impacting this child already like yeah how you uh react to them right now could affect them for the rest of their lives and that's kind of that's a weird thing to wrap your head around you know uh-huh. it's very but weird it's very weird <laughs> <laughs> and so um yeah that that whole that whole thing i'm just like wow, like, when I have a child, I'm going to have to be like, 
hey, it's me. I'm your mother. I love you. Um, please, like, don't grow up screwed up. Uh, so, anyways, um, <laughs> and then uh, what's after that? Uh, autonomy versus shame. That's mm-hmm. So. Autonomy versus shame, it starts around the age of one to three. And this is kind of when the parental roles start uh, playing into place. And then um, just like how we react to our children, they start really watching us and all that good stuff. And as us as children, we like, we start watching our parents. And uh, it's like, I was like, shame at uh, three years old or one to three years old. I feel shame at one to three years old. Like, that's a lot for a kid, you know? But that's when that's the age that we start uh, really feeling that. And um, I was just going to say, yeah, it's it's very, again, it, this whole thing mm-hmm. is weird, but it, it, um, it helps, I guess. It, it helps. Yeah. Like when you're you're in your uh, therapying someone, that's not that's not the word counseling. Counseling. You're, you're in a counseling. Or administering, administering therapy. Yes. Would that be? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Something. So, like, when you're doing that, you're like, so how was your childhood when you were one to three years old? Did your parents feel, make you feel shame? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, well, it's more, it's less of shame in a literal context. And more yeah, of yeah, a, yeah. A figure, a figurative thing. Like, it's just like, yeah, it's when we like start uh, realizing like what we should and should not do, you know? So, like, yeah, pretty that's, much. Especially like it's around the terrible two age, you know? Like, uh, yeah. that's when you, kids start hitting and all that stuff. And you're like, Ooh, let me try this out. Okay, this mm-hmm. brings uh, not a good reaction out of my parents and all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. And so after that, uh, we have the initiative versus guilt phase, which is around the age of three through five. And so this is when we really start mimicking the adults in our lives. And personally, <laughs> this was around the first time I said my first cuss word. I remember it because, you know, of the reactions that the adults around me had. And I think, what did I say? It's something my auntie Yen, who is past, uh, she used to say, this shit hot. And so that was my first cuss word. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this shit hot. And, oh my um, God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's, that, that's something that came out of my mouth. And my family has made it um, very, very uh, obvious to me. Like, hey, this is <laughs> yeah. your first cuss word. Like, you know, like they love to remind me about it. And I, I remember saying it because of the reaction that they had got out of them. Yeah. But like, of course, we uh, start doing this stuff around three to five because we're just mimicking what we see from the adults in our lives. And so at the same time, it's like, why are you mad at me? I'm just doing what you're doing, you know? And of course, like we see that a lot. Um, Even at this daycare that I would go to, like uh, they had a child who would be saying um, bad words and stuff. And it's just like, well, can you be mad at the child? Because obviously they learn it from somewhere. And um, and, it's it's one thing I... I I very I do dislike it's like we um we get upset with children for doing certain things or mimicking us and it's like the whole you know do as I say not as I do type thing right but that's easier said than done and it's we have a we can do that because we have mostly fully developed brains and Mm -hmm. we can think through stuff and be like okay this is not right or I don't think this is right but a child can't necessarily do that that early and so they do what they see us do because you know we're functioning um and so I I just never like the idea of of penalizing or um you know what's the word when you um disciplining a child for doing something like that following after what we do and expecting them to just you know understand that it's wrong if we continue to do it 
Right, exactly. I think there's like because you do want to tell them like no, don't do that, but like you of have course. to be able to do it in a in a way, in an understanding way. Because I mean, especially you don't be a hypocrite. <laughs> exactly, you know that, and that's when like the trust and stuff comes in too. Like, wait, I so I can't trust you because you're telling me not to do this, but then you do this exact same things, and that's I feel like that's how we uh, form trust issues uh, later on in our years. You know, yeah. Um, I, I I really do hate like seeing uh, parents get onto children for stuff that I mean you see them do. Um, my, now uh, they're just doing it. That's different. Yeah. But if they don't understand, then yeah, facts, facts. I mean, like yeah, yeah. you know, because some kids know, and then they'll they'll keep on just like because they're like, huh, this is a reaction that I'll get out of them. But then you know, yeah. that's a problem in itself. So mm-hmm. yeah, and then uh, let me see, ages six to t- six through twelve. Uh, that's when we experience the industry versus inferiority stage. And so this is where children start building self-esteem when they become more aware of the opinions of their peers. And if you're me, that's where it all started going wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> elementary school was definitely a time. Um, and I think, uh, honestly, learning about the stage, it kind of feels like the make or break stage for a lot of early adult and early adult and mostly the age where people have to find themselves and healing from, you know, like I you hear a lot of people saying, well, I was bullied in elementary school. Like that's when you really start getting a memory too. like you start remembering all of the stuff that uh, happened to you. And so you have to work through it. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a really complicated age. And then like, you're about to hit the preteens and all that stuff about to go through puberty six to 12. My yeah, a lot gosh. is happening around that time. Wouldn't do it again. Would not do it again. I would not Lord. recommend. I elementary school for me. I oh, I was I was in the office a whole lot, but it wasn't even like because I was doing stuff. It was just like people like they just like to bully. So I I understand like the um, being bullied side, but like where does the developmental psychology come in for like the being bullied? Do you know? Uh, like for or for doing the bullying. So you mean like where like what, what part? Like where what like what causes people to do it? <laughs> it would probably come from the the stage right before it, which would probably come from the um the initiative and guilt stage of them. Yeah. A, a lot of what we think it is, or I'm not gonna say we because it's not. I'm not. I'm not a professional yet, yeah, but yeah, yeah. a lot of what we learn is that it probably comes from them mimicking things that are happening at home or exactly. in their personal life in general yeah. back at school. And mm-hmm. so that would be the earlier stages in the life of initiative versus guilt. And then bringing that over into the school stage where they're like, okay, well, I do this at home where this is what I see at home. I can do it here. And yeah, exactly. after doing it so much, it just becomes you know automatic at that point. All these people. Definitely learned behavior. Definitely that's a yeah, topic we learn sure. about a lot. For sure. Learn behavior. That's yeah. that means really all your life is. <laughs> you can't <laughs> like you can't really do anything if it's not learned. Like you yeah. see somebody else do it. That's that's just what it all surrounds us by, you know. It's really something to be aware, like as a parent, as a teacher, especially because like I know mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends who want to be teachers and all that good stuff. And so a lot of the times your students, they're going to see you more than they actually see their parents, you know, because like they go home, they eat and then they go to bed and then they come to school mm-hmm. and they're with you all day. Right. And so you really got to be careful uh, how you handle people, handle children, what you do around them, what you say around them. I remember like in middle school, uh, there was, it was this big deal because a student made a teacher cry. 
And it, it, it was just like, it was just going around and all this stuff. And, you know, children are brutal, especially that's that, that's, um, that six to 12 age entering into the, um, 12 to 18 age where they're, yeah. you know, and so it, it's, it's, it's rough. Uh, From personal experience, I can tell you that like for, just recently I started substituting for, um, the Birmingham city school district in yeah. Alabama. Mm-hmm. And I did this summer program where you work with the kids with Legos and they build stuff to try to help their motor skill, try to help them develop their motor skills. Mm-hmm. And we worked with, uh, ages, I think like from first to fourth or enrichment or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, no kindergarten and up to gotcha, fourth. Gotcha. And I can tell you, <laughs> Those kids are brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have no I mean, There's something. Talk I, I about can't no even tax. imagine. Yeah, no tag. I, I can't even imagine now, especially like kids that have like phones and all that good stuff. That all the access that they have to seeing like what other people are doing in the world. Like, because yeah. I mean, social media wasn't really a thing when we were. And um, I mean, it was kind of becoming a thing, but it just like wasn't, not for us. Yeah, it wasn't like as big as it is now like it wasn't as accessible to us like i had a phone but i couldn't even download apps like i could only contact my parents and that was yeah that was that was pretty much it like our parents had myspace and facebook and stuff like that and we knew about it but we didn't use that stuff yeah we couldn't use it yet and then around the time we got to middle school and high school social media picked up and stuff Mm -hmm. and that's when stuff started getting weirder Mm -hmm. weirder it's so wild because, like, I my um, I see kids now, like toddlers, three to four year olds. They be on TikTok, and I'm like, "Hello, <laughs> what y'all got going on over there?" And that's the only that's the other thing about like um the developmental stage, like, because you're not at this point if you're allowing your your child to have access to all this stuff, you're not the only influence in their life, and so that in itself is a problem. Uh, yeah. That's that's a rant I could go on, but I'm not because I, I I can't say too much. I don't have children. I mean, like sometimes you do want to be like, take this tablet and go leave me alone, leave me alone, because <laughs> yeah, I do that with my baby cousin. I'm like, where's your tablet at? Go play Minecraft. Uh, go play Minecraft. Uh, no. Yeah, this one thing we got to be more active about. <laughs> well, one thing that we learned about in one of my classes, uh, um, obviously a psych class, but mm-hmm. is to be more active with the uh, the their engagement with with technology and stuff like yeah. i don't personally think i would take technology away from my child altogether you don't you guys don't have to follow this this is just for me personally but yeah. um we learned that like just the issue is that we just give it to them and just send them away without any actual interaction exactly. with them and with them with it so that's where the problem comes in and exactly just be so ready to be done with them and yeah i don't know it's just like there's no kind of patience anymore and i i I, I say that for myself too like i'd be like minecraft is such a fun game go play it here's here's my laptop <laughs> here you go have fun don't ask me no questions because he's he can't even read or anything so he's like how do you do this i'm like just i was like press all the buttons until it come up until it come up <laughs> press all the buttons until it pop up i don't know how to get to your inventory um try e i don't yeah i don't know yeah <laughs> but yeah it's it's kind of it's wild just all the whole social media thing in general and how it's affecting younger kids already like at first it's the problem crazy. was like teen the problem was teenagers preteens but like no like these these babies have it like they be they really be on tiktok and i'm like my 
it's not. And then the YouTube kids, YouTube. I was watching, um, I was sitting in the kitchen and my aunt, she has one of those refrigerators that have a TV on it. So my cousins, they like to watch what? TV while they're eating cereal. Yeah, 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 yeah. But my cousins, they like to watch TV when they're eating cereal, right? And uh, they watch, they put on YouTube kids and there was like this pregnant Barbie. And I was like, why is Barbie pregnant? And then it was like a pregnant Spider-Man. And I said, what is going on? And this is something to be on YouTube kids. I'm like, no, no. I what? thought that was regulated. <laughs> Apparently not. not. It's just like I don't. It's they have they be having some wild stuff on there. And I'd be like, turn it off, putting on Veggie Tales. I don't know what y'all got going on, but not this. Yeah. We gonna watch some Veggie Tales. We gonna learn about Jonah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jonah and the whale. I oh, I see. Listen, I I love me some Veggie Tales, and I love you some. I love the Jonah movie. Uh, I used mm-hmm. to watch it every day, every day. Jonah was a prophet. Ooh, ooh. Can I get copyrighted? Let me stop. Um, <laughs> yeah, you probably want to stop. Yeah, we're going to stop. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the next stage is identity versus role confusion. <laughs> um, it's something that I can talk about all day. And it's honestly something I feel like I still struggle with. And this is for the age group of 12 to 18. And I'm about to be 21 years old in September. Yeah. But um, it's mostly like when we find and express our identity and that in itself can be a lot because like I feel like the question of who am I can really last like your entire life I guess it's kind of just finding out like I don't know maybe just seeing your place in the world but I I feel like even then like that's still a question that can be held for a long Mm -hmm. time because I have that question (laughs) you know with the identity versus role uh, role confusion it's more like obviously not even obviously something I recently learned was that um, specifically we were talking about uh, gender identity and how the, what we see in the world right now, the heteronormative ways that we have right now Mm. are usually pushed. And so it was believed, not necessarily believed, but it was just normal, quote unquote normal for a person, let's say say for a boy and a girl to like each other. Um, And that to be the, the normal way and you wouldn't expect anything different and right. so when you see that in a child it's like oh okay you have a you have a little girlfriend or a little boyfriend or whatever and then later on in life we get upset about that but mm-hmm, regardless right. I, we were learning that that while that is the norm or it's not the norm it is it was forced as the norm mm-hmm. and so now we're seeing like a lot of more a lot of more yes uh, you're doing a lot great. more <laughs> diversity in uh gender identity and gender understanding and the in actual children trying to figure out well who am i at yeah. a younger age i'm talking mm-hmm. like even five six seven eight year olds are like i don't feel right or this this feels weird or the things you're giving me and telling me what they're for it doesn't necessarily feel like what i like so it, is there something wrong with me or whatever what have you and then this stage it really solidifies that where it's like if you aren't secure in where you are mm-hmm. you will you'll be you'll be searching a lot harder yeah. um and you'll feel as though you don't belong anywhere whereas if you are secure in, in what you are who you are or at least somewhat then the mm-hmm. the process of trying to find out where you fit in and who you want to be hanging around and where you belong in your mind will be a lot easier comparatively yeah yeah that's that's wild <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, wow. No, I, I that's good. No, I no, that's good. Like I was excited to talk about this because I was like, <laughs> I was talking. I, mean, I said specifically gender, but it it can be applied mm-hmm. to 
all forms of identity. Yeah, like sex- sexuality, just like yeah. um, religion, all of that good stuff. Just yeah. trying to figure all of that out. And I, 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 I'm, I definitely am still there. And, as far well, as yeah. there's still parts of me, I'm 21, and there's still parts of me that I'm trying to figure out and understand. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like I, I don't know. I wish I could talk to Erickson and be like, what you mean about that? Because why am I still here? Why, why, why does it stop at 18? I would definitely look at other, um, this is for UCC and for, mm-hmm. uh, for, for you guys too. But like, if you are interested in it, I would look at other, um, different theories that we have for developmental psychology yeah, yeah, and yeah. look and see if you find any, uh, that are, that, that might have more, more up to date. Yeah. Yeah, see, because this is the one that we talked about in my class. Yeah, I got you. Yes. This is the one that we talked about in our class, you know. But I do need to dive deep a little bit deeper because, like, that that in itself is a lot, which... Well, I just can't think of any off the top of my head, but I just know that, like, uh, there are some people, there have been some doctors and uh, psychologists who've tried to expand on this. Yeah. And I have no idea whether or not it's been successful. I can't remember. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. I'm sure. I'm sure there there is something. I think like this is the one that stuck with everyone though, just because like it's just so plain and like right in your face. It's like this, yeah. this, and that happens, and I think that's easier just for us to comprehend. But yeah, <laughs> that whole <laughs> like the whole identity versus role confusion. You know, I mean, like I think there is a point where I did come to my, I did come to a conclusion. I was like, okay, so like I'm here to do this, like. Um, I'm the oldest grandchild. I I'm here to like set an example and all that stuff and mm-hmm. be there for them. So like I feel like that's kind of the role that I finally found for myself. And then um, the only like complication that I have is like when I bring religion into the mix, which like it can be a complication, but it can also be like a like a finalizer. I guess you could say it could be like yeah. So this is why you did this. You know, like it could be like confirmation for God and all all that good stuff. Yeah. It's something that I'm still I'm still working on, still learning. Uh, but yeah, I I love that I love that entire like section identity versus role confusion. Um, I'm pretty sure I wrote my paper on that for the, in the class. We had to choose uh, one of the sages to really go into, and I was like, this one uh, clicks with me. But then, of <laughs> course, <laughs> there's the 18 to 34, which is the intimacy versus isolation stage. God, my God. Um, so this is when we start to like really form relationships and friendships and um, it's, you know, it's that really awkward stage, you know, like people start getting married, start getting in relationships, you know, that's like when you start finding like your long, long, lifelong best friend. I can talk your lifelong best friend. Thankfully, I found that the other stuff, you know, GG's. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like the, you know, there's the, the in between. And sometimes I feel like I'm in the in between Cause I really like, I like being alone. And then sometimes I'm like a relationship, but then it's like, I'm just, I'm a mess when it comes to all of that. So, I mean, I guess that's why it goes from 18 to 34. So like, you know, there's a lot of time for people to figure that out. And I think it requires a lot of time, you know? Yeah. My brain is just, it's trying, it's trying to figure out like if it wants to be in isolation, I guess. Cause there are times where I'm like, man, I, I don't know, like if this is if this has something to do with like the development of development of how we are here. That's a sentence um, that I'm not sure is correct, <laughs> but it's definitely a sentence that I just uh, came up with. But uh-huh. like, 
what happened with me being here, I guess. I don't know, like, why I want to be alone a lot of the time, you know, like, you Mm -hmm. know, like, about my past relationship where I was just like, I'm not feeling it. Like, (laughs) like, I don't really know if I want to be with anyone right now. Um, which is fine and yeah. i think that's what a lot of people are afraid of we we've normalized the idea that everyone should be in a relationship or that everyone should have their person and it to me right. in my opinion it mostly comes from uh, the idea that you know everyone like should be in a relationship specifically men and women but even still like yeah. the idea that even if even if i don't like even if i'm a man and i like men or i'm a woman and i like women yeah. or um pansexual or whatever your sexuality may be mm-hmm. we feel as though we should be in a, in a relationship but sometimes yeah. you know maybe it's okay just not being i feel like we should express even though i'm happy in my relationship i'm not leaving yeah. this i do yeah. feel like we should make it more normal to express the need for you know people to it's okay to be alone it's okay to yeah. be by yourself <laughs> Yeah, so that's the that's the intimacy versus isolation stage. Like, I really like. Um, I used to be weird about friendships because, like, I just didn't want people like that close to me. You know, and mm-hmm. I think like that, of course, like goes back to the whole trust and mistrust, which is what like the second stage or not the trust. You know what I mean? The trust. Yeah, yeah, it's that whole thing. Like, we, like start the trust, trust. Um, the adults in our lives and all that good stuff. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, but. Um, a good thing to look at for that that I know of, which mm-hmm. I don't know if it is a part of. Well, it's developmental. It's definitely yeah. developmental. Look at um, maybe look into your um, attachment style. Mm. Attachment styles are beautiful. Uh, they are very insightful. So I would look at that. Now, there are a few um, safe tests that you can do, like that are legit. Uh, some are online. Some are like, if you have a textbook, you might be able to find one in your textbook. Yeah. But you can look at your attachment style and it'll, it'll, it'll open up a lot of, oh, okay, well, this is why I act like this. Or maybe this is where this come, comes from in that mindset. Okay. So I just yeah. look, I just Googled attachment styles, right? So like you have the yeah. secure, anxious, avoidant, fearful. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> Therapy is a wonderful thing. Let me just reiterate yes, that. <laughs> Therapy is a wonderful thing. I love it very much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's something that I'm definitely going to look into. Like we might like, maybe we can have a part two of this because that's very interesting in itself. Just um, the whole attachment thing. Like I know a lot of people who, you know, they either get too attached. It can't be attached like me. Um, we could probably have an entire uh, an entire podcast on attachment stuff yeah i i'm i'm definitely down because yeah that's very that is very interesting to me yeah um <laughs> i would i would love to talk about that because mm-hmm. yeah the whole attachment thing it's just like it doesn't click with me <laughs> all right okay so our next stage is uh generativity versus self-absorption and this is when we really become involved in our careers but also have to face the realities of retirement and children moving out which can be a tough process to go through also, if you're wondering, generativity is simply having concern for other people. And it really applies when parents have their children moving out and moving on and being able to come to terms with and accept that for them. And yes, it's, kind of, it's a little, you know, like, man, I raised you and I, you know, like, <laughs> I can say that my mom has uh, with me going off to college mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Or starting college a couple of years ago. And then one of my younger brothers joining the military this past spring. 
Um, go, go Marines. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I can say their catchphrase, but yes, he's a, he's a, a United States Marine now. And my youngest brother getting ready to graduate in the next year or two, she's had to like grow into that. So I can definitely yeah. see the effects of that. That's wild. I personally, you know, my living situation is kind of all over the place. So I don't really, yeah. I, I don't really, I don't think I really see that. Um, you know, I, I talked to my dad about a lot about, cause you know, I want to move away. Like I want to, uh, move <laughs> to Colorado if I can in any way get out of Alabama. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. I mean, move to Alabama. It's great. It's great. It's great. Um, <laughs> I but I, yeah, I talked to my dad about that and like, you know, he's like, well, what if this, this and that, you know, <laughs> he's like, and I'm like, oh, you don't want me to leave. Oh, bless your heart. I'm leaving, but you know. <laughs> I want to go. I got to go. I have to just, you know, mm-hmm. like to start a little, little, little trail of family in a whole other place mm-hmm. away from. Not a trail. Not a trail. <laughs> a little trail. <laughs> Not a trail. You go see the little dots going all the way. To, never mind. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. You know see his little breadcrumbs of family. All right. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit a little, just a little okay anyways <laughs> yeah so I think that's when ooh I really this is like when I think of the self of self absorption thing what is it called like you know we have those moms who are like real attached to their sons and so like when their sons start getting married and stuff when they like start doing all that all that good stuff you know like they're kind of creepy a little a little sus, you know? You know what I'm talking about? Very I, creepy. Yeah. And I wonder if, like, that's what those, that's where the uh, generativity, am I saying that right? Generative? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus self-absorption comes into, like, that because it is kind of a self, self-absorbed because they have that attachment to their children where they're like, I, I birthed you, you're mine. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. no, this is their own, they're their own person. I've seen, um, I've seen a few different types or versions of that where it's like the typical, very creepy in my opinion, where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. like this is my son, this is this is my little man, or mm-hmm. like uh, the, the very overly affectionate type of thing it, it, it's weird it's borderline weird but yeah. i've also seen it and i kind of sympathize with it a little bit too at least where the the mom or the or the parent in general the dad maybe are obs- obsessed with the child in the fact that they their child may be maybe an only child or mm-hmm. maybe the oldest or the youngest and so they are having a hard time of letting the child go and yeah. it's like you they really do want the child to be safe and be loved and cared for, but they don't think that anyone can give that adequately except for them because they just haven't, they just can't let go easily. Mm -hmm. I sympathize with it a little bit because I'm like, okay, that that's, that's sweet. It's kind of sweet. But again, it's also like, uh, you gotta let go eventually. Yeah, they're their own person. Like they're not yeah. property. And like some, I kind of wonder if my mom went through that when I had to move away. Uh, when I was like twelve, right? Because you know she had me for a while, and I was her only child. And so like, yeah, I wonder like, but at the same time, because like of that creepy relationship that like just happens in the psychology. Like I wonder mm-hmm. if it would have been different if I was a son. You know, it might have been. It might have been different if you were a son. If you, yeah, now. Your relationship with your dad, from what I know of, is different. Yeah. But I've seen it. I, I mm, how can I? I've seen it. I think I might have seen it with my girlfriend's dad, honestly. But the the idea that I have actually, I have, I've seen it where it's like he he's a great man. 
Yeah. But a lot of the ideals that he said for her is like, oh, you can't accept this, this, or this, or this, because yeah. I've shown you that, you know, you're worth it, which is fine, you know, showing her worth. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, of course. Don't accept trash. But at the same time, it's like someone else can, you know, provide that for her. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe it's not quite to the standard that you want it, but it's not for you to want. It's for her to want. You got to let her form her own and or him for the mother and son. Mm -hmm. Let them form their own um, ideals and wants and desires and stuff. I just feel like, I mean, no one's going to be good enough for your child. Yeah. your eyes because like you know they're like your, it's your child angel. yeah right you, like <laughs> you, you care for them, them for the last like, 18 years exactly exactly and so it's just you gotta have that mm-hmm. understanding like um even if they aren't right if someone isn't right for them like you uh dictating that is not going to help them in the long run like some people they they just have to learn for themselves that's how we get life experiences and all that good stuff Mm-hmm. So. Another term to drop down on you, mm-hmm. Oedipus. I'll have to write that out because it's Oedipus. not spelled how it sounds. It okay. is not spelled how it sounds. <laughs> Oedipus <laughs> complexes and Electra complexes. I think Electra complexes are uh, a a a sub form of an Oedipus complex, but it's they're both mm-hmm. the same thing. It's, Oedipus is a it. It's a long story. Just look those yeah. up when y'all get a chance. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's. I'm looking at it. That's interesting. Y'all definitely look that up. (laughs) Y'all look that up. (laughs) That's very interesting. Yeah, I've I've definitely heard of it before. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I haven't uh, I haven't discussed it in my psychology classes yet. But that is something that I'm excited to go. I don't know if you'll get it to it in developmental, but if you continue with your psych classes, I think you will get to Oedipus at least. Oh yeah, more than likely. I I have a lot of psych classes left to take, so hopefully I'll Mm -hmm. get to it. I've already took it. Take took it. All right. I've already okay. taken <laughs> I've already <laughs> taken developmental psychology mm-hmm. after that. I think I took it last semester. Some sometime. Yeah, sometime during that time. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah. And then okay, so we can move on to the last stage, which is integrity versus despair. My it's so depressing. <laughs> it's it, it can be depressing. Um it's yeah. something that I honestly hope to experience one day. Well, integrity, um really. And that's uh that's from the ages of 65 to death. Uh, GG's. Uh, I want mm-hmm. my tombstone. I want it to be like, Sierra lived a good life, comma, GG's. That's oh just, my God. <laughs> for my future children, if you're listening to this, please put that on my tombstone. Big GG's. <laughs> it was a good life. Had a lot of fun. Let's go. <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is from the age 65 to death. It's mostly coming... Uh, to, it's mostly coming to terms with what you did in your life and if you feel empowered or have regrets and possibly depressed about the unavoidable path to death. <laughs> that's so, that's such yeah, a, it's, that's it's such very a awful depressing. thing to, yeah, it's really, it's really sad. And so like, I think it's really important to push for that integrity and that's why like, you know, you work to live a good life. That's why, like, I love the the term, you only live once, no regrets, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, GDs, <laughs> basically. <laughs> that's all. That's all. That's to it. Um, my uh, advisor is is a developmental um, developmental psychology is her main field that she does her research in, and I think it's specifically with uh, it's with toddlers and infants, I believe. 
but mm. she teaches developmental as well. Like one of the courses that she teaches is developmental and I yeah. took her for it. And when we got to death, she, babe, before we even got there at the beginning of the semester, she was like, it's going to get very depressing yeah. at the end of the semester. And it's not on purpose. It's just how it is. How and it we is. got there and it was, de- it, even though we were warned, mm-hmm. it was still depressing because it, it's death. And it's, yeah. you got to. You just, that's why you gotta, you gotta lean for that integrity part. Cause like, yeah. you, I, like, I, personally, I really want to be able to look back and be like, period, I did that. I, I did it. I'm ready to go. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the, I mean, like, that's the, it's unavoidable, but like, you want to be ready. You don't want to be, you don't want to be upset about it. You, you know, you want to be like, I, I'm so happy with the life that I lived. And yeah, yeah it was a great one. Um, I get that. Yeah, exactly. So, like, especially that's why I wanted to do this podcast because you know you're learning about all of this, all these different uh, stages of how you develop and stuff and how it affected you, and mm-hmm. it can help you to like be able to live out the rest of your life. Saying, I mean, like, this is, I mean, this is what it's going to end up at anyway. So I might as well, you know, work on myself, just yeah. be able to spread happiness. Don't be weird with my kids and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know and just like be be there for the uh children that you are raising and help them as they go through their developmental stages and so like it'll be easier for them when they get to the point where you're at now you know yeah <sighs> yeah i i i really i really love this topic like i in my notes i had psychology sitting there and i was like okay well, i mean i just can't sit here and talk about psychology like Mm-hmm. the brain is weird like what else is there to say you know yeah. um, <laughs> but I really there's so, much going, out there. it, there's so much going on um, <laughs> yeah and so I didn't want to get into like the mental health stuff yet but like develop, developmental psychology I can say it um, it is so interesting to me just like when I took the classes I was like whoa that's why that's what yeah, you do learn a right lot now. yeah it's really like like even like dealing with kids and stuff, I I feel like everyone needs to take it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Every everyone should take it. If not, just listen to the podcast. We basically did it all. I'm kidding. Oh my god! Take kidding. the class. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, take the class. Take the class. Or read about yeah. it. Um, read some articles. Um, like as I said, we just skimmed the very, the very, just the very, very, very iceberg tip of it. Yeah, there's a lot to go into, as you guys know. I'm like, I'm sure, like you guys can apply personal experience to it, all of that good stuff. Um, yeah. So to wrap it up, humans are weird. Um, <laughs> hmm. I'm kidding, kinda, but um, I just think that like learning about all these weird things that we do as we grow up and become who we are today it's just so interesting um and it kind of just like it's like oh that makes sense you know and it, at the end of the day it's all science <laughs> in my opinion you know mm-hmm. like that's what it all comes down to is just like uh it's these things that's happening in our brain um a million billion trillion people have gone through it themselves um and here we are going through it ourselves and it's just really good to learn about and so yeah i really fell in love yeah. with it not just because it helped me learn about myself, but, you know, just like how I should be talking to all the children in my life. Cause you know, I'm the oldest grandchild, as I said before. Mm-hmm. And so like, I have my 14 year old brother. I got the 10 year old. I got the eight year old. Then I got the, um, five year old baby cousin. Then the three year old baby cousin, all of them, um, who I'm like a normal constant in their life. And so 
in their lives. Yes. And so I really just want to be able to like say, Hey, uh, it's going to be okay. (laughs) First of all, and like, you know, this is why you're experiencing what you're experiencing, but also like give them the tools that they need to like, not have to go through certain things as they're developing, you know, like I want uh, them to be able to have that trust, you know, uh, they're past the infancy stage, but I mean, I feel like they're fine. They're fine. Um, (laughs) But all Mm -hmm. the other stages that they go through, I don't know. I'm going to carry around a crucifix from the 12th to 18th stage. (laughs) The the 12th to 18th stage. I don't know. Can't prepare for that one. If they um if they say something slick to me, I'm gonna be like, well, no. Um, <laughs> mm. That's the joke. But like, you really got to be understanding because that is the identity the identity versus role confusion, which is like they're trying to they're trying to figure out like what's going on. And it's a lot going on, especially now. There's a lot of stuff that's being put in their heads, which is great. Also, it's great, but also you know, you want to like yeah. introduce them to things a little slow, you know. But mm-hmm. um, I just want to help them and just help whoever I come across live happy lives, build healthy habits and um, not have trust issues. Cause yeah, I feel like that. I feel like that's such a big one to me. I don't know why, but like the whole trust issues, cause like trust you issues. come, yeah, you have, you come across people so much. And so like, there's just, I feel like if you do have trust issues, there's also like this consistent anxiety, you know, um, that comes with having to live that life. And so I yeah. really like, yeah. And it, it's it's hard, especially now, you know, like it's hard because <laughs> people are crazy. crazy. Last regards, words, whatever. Nothing that I, uh, nothing that I can think of. All right, I did a lot of talking. Yeah, this I need is some really water. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'm so happy. I'm so happy that you decided to do this with me. Like this of is course. a conversation that I was really excited about. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> my voice cracked so my voice cracked so much. But thank you so much no for joining problem. me in this. Uh, thank you for having me. You're That's the fine. best. Thank Deontay. you, you welcome. <laughs> <laughs> this is fresh for me too. I'm so happy. All right, guys, and that was the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it myself listening back to it. I really enjoyed Deontay. I'm so grateful to him for being my first guest on the podcast. He's freaking amazing. Uh, I can't wait to have him back so we can just be nerds and talk about more psychology stuff, especially as I learn more, as he learned more. It's going to be amazing. I do want to plug him. He did not ask me to do this, but please, my friend does stream on Twitch and I know a lot of you people that are listening, y'all are some gamers. He's a streamer. Uh, his stream name is Midnight TG. It's M-I-D-N-I-T-E-T-G. I do mod for him. So if you come in there, you'll more than likely see me modding and you can say hi. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm going to close out with a joke just because I want to make y'all laugh. And it really made me laugh. So the joke is, if you really don't want someone to do something, tell them to do it and then scream, you go low, Yisp. Classic reverse psychology. Get it? That's psychology spelled backwards. Y'all get it? I really hope y'all enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you for listening. That's the bottom line of it. Love you guys.